Okay, hi, hello. You might think, wow, oh, look, they're back again. But actually, we just haven't stopped talking from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're here in, in Nicholas's cage again. Hi, Alice. Hello. Hello. Um, I always, you know how people, like, sometimes people complain on podcasts where they can't, like, who's who? But it's like, I'm the American one. Alice is yeah, the British one. I'm the English one. Yeah, pretty easy to remember. Um, so this week, we're going to quickly smash out um, a movie that we don't have too much to say about. I mean, I, I did not like the movie. It was a competent movie. It was a competent film. But it yes. wasn't. But it wasn't like. Uh, like, I will forget it immediately. Yes. Yeah. And I did forget it um, until I looked up, you know, the plot and stuff. Um, I did forget large chunks of it. But we're talking about Lord of War. More like... Lord of Boar. <laughs> yeah, so stay stay tuned for more witty content like that. Um, so this is actually from 2005, I want to say. So it's, you know, relatively recent, I guess, in terms of, I don't know, the older movies he's done. We've talked about more older movies because we did Peggy Sue, then we did Moonstruck, so... Um, now we're in the 2000s. Um, before I get into the film, I just wanted to, I actually, I didn't, I didn't know this, or maybe I've mentioned it before, but I'm not sure. Um, Cage is actually a humani, a humani, a humanitarian, unlike the shady arms dealer he plays in Lord of War. He is a UN goodwill ambassador and even won a UN award in 2009 for his humanitarian work. Um, specifically during Lord of War. Cage donated $2 million to establish a fund to help form former child soldiers and led a campaign during the promotion of the film to raise awareness about international arms control. That's really good. Isn't that, that makes nice? Yeah, that makes me respect Cage more. I know. He was like, okay, I am going to be in this movie He about... spent his money on a lot of stupid shit, so it's good that some of <laughs> so it went to a good cause. stupid things. <laughs> but actually, I was looking it up, and he's like one of... I mean, I don't know if it's quite as much anymore with his like money troubles but like um back in like 2009 2010 he was like known as one of the celebrities that give the most to charity which is nice such a good guy i know i love that about cage and i also like that yeah he was in this movie where it was like oh okay some stupid people might think that this movie glorifies war but i'm gonna make sure that i talk about like you know the bad things that happen and not make war seem like this great shiny thing um so i just appreciated that um and then another fun cage fact um okay okay okay. this one's really funny so during so this is pretty recent because he was talking he was being interviewed about mandy and it was in some like australian news i don't know article or something so um during press for mandy cage said this quote you know i was going to almost be in the lord of the rings trilogy trilogy but i didn't do it what who what? was he going to play? Do you have any guesses? Smeagol? <laughs> <laughs> he would have been amazing as Smeagol. <laughs> who was he actually going to be? Okay, so who was he playing, you wonder? He says, quote, it was Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> but I didn't want to go to New Zealand for three years. I was still busy raising my first son, so I couldn't really go. I was in a divorce situation, end quote. So apparently Nicolas Cage was going to play. <laughs> so who knows if this is actually true or if Nicolas Cage is just saying this. I can't, I cannot imagine that he was ever that close to playing Ar- Aragorn. I mean, 
it would have made the would have made the film uh, oh yes let's not get into Alice's it would have added a little dimension to it it would have been crazy like imagine what he would have the method acting he would have done to be Aragorn I feel like he would have been better as one of the bad guys though in that movie he'd be the best as Schmeagle because I think hands down that's a thing that we um, said in Ghost Rider where I think he's very underutilized for like yeah. motion capture because I think stuff. he's very good at like theatrical performances and I think he'd be good for like a CGI character and yeah, you yeah, want yeah. a good Schmeagel. He'd do a great Schmeagel because think of how like method he is. Would be weird like he, he's going to be fully like I will be- believe that he is Schmeagel you know. <laughs> the voice would definitely be weird though. He would definitely choose a strange accent. He'd be like he'd be like Italian or something. <laughs> my precious <laughs> um but yeah i mean vigo mortensen really should uh give cage a check or something like that because if he had done that movie we've probably never heard of him that really made him famous so anyway yeah. fun fact there nicholas cage could have played good old aragorn um imagine a scene where he gets like shot no Wait, is that that's a thing? that's um that's boromir other... uh, okay yeah i'm that shows how much I know about Lord of the Rings. I've seen it so many times, like, and not <laughs> for a movie that you can't. Stand. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> All right, we're just gonna get straight into the movie, just because I don't have too much to say about this movie. It was pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, there wasn't really like any kind of like crazy facts or anything about it online. So, um, I'm just gonna quickly go over the o- overview. Again, we're talking about Lord of War. Um, so the overview is the 20 year arms dealing career of Queen's outcast Yuri Orlov cage serves as a window onto the end of the cold war and the emergence of worldwide terrorism uh he finds himself reassuring his more ethically challenged younger brother vitaly uh who is played by jared leto while uh, adeptly sidestepping the pursuit of federal agent jack lawrence ethan played by ethan hawk the globe-trotting arms dealer also pursues the woman of his dreams, supermodel Ava Fontaine, who's played by Bridget Moynihan, who was um, Rectangle Faces, um, Tom, oh, what's his name? The guy from the Patriots, that sucks, Tom Brady. That was his <laughs> ex-wife before he married Giselle. Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, did, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, it, it, was, it, was go- it was good. Like, we laughed a couple times. It was good, but... I think Jared Leto sucks in this film. I mean, Jared Leto sucks in most films. He's good in American Psycho. (laughs) Yeah, he's good in American... Requiem for a Dream. He sucks in this film. I don't... Also, they're supposed to be like Russian or something, right? Yeah, but they're like Russian-American. They don't have an accent. They don't... Yeah, I don't know. Then... But he plays like a drug addict, Jared Leto does in this movie. Yeah, but Jared... He does play a good drug addict. Jared Leto looks because they're in this like war zone yes and jared leto looks like he's about to cry at any second yeah he looks very soft and it's like he he looks yeah he's like his eyelashes are so long and he looks like this like weird like model and it's like he just doesn't look like he belongs in the film does not look like cage's brother yeah he doesn't look like his brother he doesn't look like he belongs in the film like they should have like gruffed him up and like made him look a bit like dirtier but he just looks like this emo like him look dirty like he looks like he's just you know gotten out of a 30 seconds of mark is that the band he's in yeah he He looks like he's just like finished that and they've just put him in like a war zone and he's just like looks like regular jared leto and he's just like 
looks like he's about to cry at any second. Oh, also, just like, I will you know, say the chemistry between Cage and Jared Leto is very strange in this movie. Yeah, they always look like they're about to kiss. There's yeah, there's many scenes where you're like, oh my god, are they gonna make out? <laughs> like, are they gonna like tongue? Like, what is happening? It's very, it's very, it's very strange. Um, I mean, I I appreciated it, but it was it was very odd. The first time you sell a gun is a lot like the first time you have sex. You have absolutely no idea what you're doing, but it is exciting, and one way or another, it's over way too fast. They, they do never make out, unfortunately, but that would have taken the film into an interesting uh, place. I don't know. Um, like I said, this is 2005, directed and written by the same guy, Andrew Nichol, who actually, um, he wrote The Truman Show. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a better film. Yeah. Watch Which, that instead. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> he didn't direct that, but he did write that. Um, yeah, I agree that it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a better film. Um, so, but generally this film got good reviews. It's got like a 61% in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it was sort of like a, you know, kind of middle of the road, but like most people liked it type movie. Um, wasn't really nominated for anything. It wasn't, you know, kind of crazy like that. Um, just a quick fun fact, because this movie is about an arms dealer. So there's like literally tons of guns in this movie. Um, the production team rented 3000 real rifles to stand in for the prop gun for uh like prop AK47s because they were cheaper and to just buy the real ones. Um that's fucked up. <laughs> that's so fucked up. Then in America it's cheaper to buy a real AK47 like, no, than it is a fake AK-47. one. AK47 it was like a different gun that they like remodeled to that's look like an AK47. That's still fucked up. And like what so they just had real guns all over the set and yeah. what what if they pulled a Brandon Lee? What if they pull a... I don't think that... Well, they weren't... Um, what if they're like, right, it's time to d- shoot, d- do the fake gun. And then no, they're like, they actually get uh, confused. They like pick up the real gun instead. They weren't just like, loaded. I don't think they were loaded. Well, I don't... That's what... You know, blanks <laughs> still do shit. I don't know. Shady. <laughs> um, so also, um, what we're going to be talking about this movie, I had a really hard time trying to connect this to Cage's life. To be honest, I'm having a hard time doing that in general because I'm running out of content from Cage's life. So these are going to get weirder and weirder. So get over it. Um, But uh, this uh, movie and Cage's character specifically is based on a true story, loosely based on a true story. So it's based on the dealings of Victor Bout, um, who was a Russian arms dealer in the like 90s and early 2000s. Um, So we're going to talk about Victor Bout in a second. Um, And just because we always mention Ebert, it was, it got a 3.5 out of 4 by Ebert. So he he yeah, like didn't seems... love it, but he he was like it was good. It was good. That seems accurate. Hmm. We agree with him for once. Right. So I'm just gonna get quickly onto Victor Bout. Um. So he was of course dubbed the Lord of War, which is the name of this movie. Um. He was also he had a bunch of other nicknames, including the Merchant of Death and another one that I can't remember and didn't write down. Um. But I just thought it was really funny on his Wikipedia page. He had like the like aliases that he went by, and one of them was Victor Butt. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine getting, like, a shipment of, like, tanks from Victor <laughs> Okay. Maybe that's just me. Um, so, um, just in terms of, like, Bout's life, not too much is known about his early life, um, except that he was born in what was, at the time, the USSR in 1967. Um, it's now um, Tajikistan. Um Bout served in the Soviet Armed Forces, but again, not too much is known about what he did during his time in the army. Um, but he is believed to be a polyglot, which is this like this is something that was in the movie as well, where they had Cage terribly speaking a bunch of different languages. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, I don't understand these languages, but I can still tell that he's not saying no, he it right. Does... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he does speak Spanish and I was listening to him and I was just like, this is the worst Spanish <laughs> I've ever heard That's in my the thing. It's like, even like he's saying like, all these different languages and it's like you know that he's reading it correctly but it's like his accent Something is so it bad comes out really really it's wrong. like he's just speaking in an american accent yeah. we're just saying it's just like oh well, hola, i like hello. how he insists on doing an accent at all times yes. apart from when he's speaking different languages that's so weird oh his brain works in a strange way Whoa, whoa, whoa. Vendo armas. No drogas. Diversificate. Tengo mis valores. Sin dinero, no juega. <laughs> um, yeah, but so this man was actually, appall- like, he, you know, he says, and it's, uh, I don't know, it, it wasn't, like, actually confirmed in what I read, but I'm assuming it's true, that he is a polyglot. So after the army, Bout started, uh, basically he started, so this is how he got into the arms business. He started an air freight business, which means he, like, bought these huge like freighter planes uh, in Africa and um, his company was supposedly legally providing air freight services to the French government, the UN and the US. And so he started by basically shipping like large quantities of like import things like chickens or, you know, um, shipping a, a, an army squadron from one place to the other or whatever. He basically was just an owner of these giant planes that he then rented out to other places to use as they wanted. But then things started getting a little shady. So beginning in 94, Bout made shipments for the pre-Taliban government of Afghanistan. Um, Bout has denied that he sold directly to Al-Qaeda or the Taliban, but we it's believed that he's kind of lying about that and like minimizing his involvement with them. Um, it's believed that he sold like guns and arms and all that stuff to both sides of the uh you know both the rebels and the and the you know al-qaeda or the taliban um so soon after and it's really around this time where like that early 2000s where like 9-11 starts happening and the war on terrorism starts happening where he like really starts to i think make a lot of money because now in the middle east there's a huge need for guns so um, soon after the beginning of the war in Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda is said to have moved gold and cash outside of the country with reports stating that some of the planes used to do this were bouts. Um, essentially, every terrible warlord that you can imagine in the Middle East, in Africa, in uh, um, some parts of Europe, um, bought stuff from bout. Um, he, was in, he had his little tiny pinky in every pie. Um so uh, I found this quote about him that I thought was interesting. Um, it says, quote, Bout was brilliant. Had he been dealing in legal commodities, he would have been considered one of the world's greatest businessmen. He's a fascinating but destructive character. We were trying to be- bring peace and Bout was bringing war. Um, which sounds a lot like Cage in the movie, to be fair. I think they really... Well, that was my issue with the movie, mm. is that it was so poorly paced. Yes that it doesn't go into any of like how he becomes a warlord right he just is a normal guy and decides i'm gonna start selling guns and then all of a sudden he's just this like huge warlord and it's like how did you get there you know like it it was it's very rushed and like it doesn't really 
explain like how he started it up it doesn't really and then and I it, wonder, like, like if it's because they they went off of this guy where it's like i try to look about his kind of like early startings and it is kind of like oh one second he was just transporting chickens for the french government and the next minute he was selling <laughs> he was selling tanks to al-qaeda like i don't know if maybe that's why they did that but yeah i agree uh it kind of goes from like I, zero to 60 yeah I it guess also I... jumps forward and back in time a lot doesn't it or like no, it, it starts it, it starts like in the past or it starts it doesn't it jumps, it's for, just... it jumps forward in time because they because it starts when jared leto's like you know cute little whatever just working at the family shop and then all of a sudden jared leto's like a huge drug addict and cage is like this massive millionaire yeah like a lot of time passes in the film but yeah. the issue that i had with it is that the film feels like it's gonna finish like halfway oh, yeah. through totally and then it continues and the, the the continuation is just like completely pointless and it's just like this could have ended it was like an extra 30 yeah. minutes or something right? but i felt like it could have ended an hour before it yeah. like it just kept going on it definitely like it started it felt like there was i can't remember the because because it, it's coming to like a climax where like yeah. you think that his wife is gonna turn him in and get him and it's like the hallelujah starts oh, playing yeah. and it's like this is it he's gonna get oh, caught yeah. he's gonna get yeah, caught yeah. and it's like hallelujah, yeah, yeah, the sad hallelujah song. and then it just fades out and then the film continues yeah. and he doesn't it's just like what? Why isn't it over? What do you want to do? Go more legit? No, more illegal. Because she just ends up leaving him, right? Like, she doesn't actually do anything. No, she doesn't even, like... Turn him in. Yeah, she doesn't, like, get him done. And she then... just needs to know for herself, I guess, if he's actually doing it. And then she finds out, and then she just Well, leaves. he doesn't even get caught. He's just, like... Yeah, he, he doesn't get caught. He, he gets away with it, and... Mm. Like, yeah, it's, like, a very Leto. unsatisfying ending. Yeah, the whole film just felt like... I don't know. It felt like it, I just wanted it to end. I was waiting for it to end. I was like, is it going to end? No. Is it going to end now? No. I do remember that, though. I do remember thinking, like, oh, okay. So they end it with her, like, turning him in. And then it was just like, oh, no. Still, still, still going. Still going. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Much like the film, I, I couldn't really find the details of how he got caught and how it, like, all kind of went to pl- went to whatever. But, like... Basically, the U.S. knew of his dealings for a really, really long time. They, I mean, the people he was selling to were these huge um, dictators and warlords. And there was a paper trail of, you know, we got the shipment from Victor Bout, Victor Bout, Victor Bout. So his name was, like, everywhere. So people had, like, they were on, he was on their radar. Um, But they couldn't, like, he was a Russian citizen, and he was dealing and operating outside of the U.S. So there was nothing legally that they could kind of charge him with um, to, like, arrest him. But uh, so for a long time, like, I read one New York Times article that was written in 2003. And it was like, yep, we know you're an arms dealer. And you're, like, one of the worst arms dealers in the whole world. But you're just sort of walking around Russia, like, free as a bird. <laughs> because we can't do anything about it. Mm. Um, but finally, in 2008... Uh, he was Interpol, uh, I think, under the direction of the U.S., um, arrested. Like, they finally found stuff to charge him with. And they arrested Bout in Thailand in 2008, where um, the U.S. asked for him to be extradited. And originally, Thailand refused um, because they said they had no grounds, like, legal grounds to extradite him. But then eventually, like, the U.S. fought that and eventually won. 
uh, Bout was extradited to the U.S. in 2010. This is what I don't understand, is how can he be arrested if, like, how can the U.S. arrest him if they are also buying his stuff? That is what, well, and I that's never specific specifically implied but i i would assume i mean it is in the movie like where where... in the whole movie the whole end he's like about to get arrested and he's like you can't arrest me because your president or whatever is bought my or whatever yeah he's like he's like your boss has bought guns from me yeah so you're gonna walk out and be told no and that was um bout's own kind of uh argument was like well then you also need to arrest every gun owner and shop owner or whatever gun shop owner and the U.S. because they're arms dealers too, technically, you know, like on a smaller scale. Um, so there is a lot of like uh, controversy about it's hypocrisy. Yeah, about the fact that he was arrested to begin with. Um, so in, Nova- in November 2010, Bout was sent to the U.S. amid heavy protests from the Russian government, who deemed this illegal. Um, basically, said they had we had no right to arrest a man for. I don't know, do it. And plus, we like the CIA is super shady. Like, we've done as a government super shady things um, abroad. I mean, the whole war in Afghanistan was all because we wanted to take over their oil. So, I, you know, I don't know. It is, it is a bit shady. But at the same time, he was doing a bunch of bad stuff, selling. But at the same time, like, now that he's been caught, I'm sure there's like three more guys that have popped up and are doing the exact same thing. Like, if it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's always going to go on, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, war itself is a, like a thing. the horrible like crime yeah. or it's just like he obviously his guns cause like l- millions of deaths mm. so he deserves to be like put away but you can't be like preaching to put him away and also be in charge of everything and yeah. buying guns I and mean, we like actively would give using them and guns to rebels in other countries because we want their yeah like to like win. like the pe- the same people putting them away are the same people yeah. utilizing him and doing similar things so right. it's just like oh, all right it is very hypocritical it's funny that they changed that in the movie because in real life he does eventually like i said he gets caught um he was put on trial in the u.s charged with conspiracy with a bunch of stuff but uh, some of the things were conspiracy to kill americans conspiracy to acquire and to acquire and use an anti-aircraft missile um and more including wire fraud and money money laundering he was eventually convicted in november 2011 and as of 2012 he was sentenced to 25 years in prison, where he remains today. Um, the Russian government is still fighting this, and I th- think, if I remember, like there's gonna be like an appeals, like uh, trial thing uh, coming up in the next couple of years, because he's still fighting this to say that it's like illegal to. Well, that I think the thing the thing that I find the most like hip hypocritical about it is because it would be totally fine them catching him Mm. if gun laws in america were We're different different. but it's the fact that gun laws in america are we love guns and we want to have guns that's what he argues but we are against this gun salesman because he's sold a lot of guns and it's like 
and he sold guns to our enemies, but yeah. it's okay if we use guns. Yes. It's just we don't like that other people use guns. That's what he said. He said specifically, actually, the charge of, let me see, conspiracy to kill Americans, I believe. He's, that's what he's saying. He was like, well, then every gun shop owner is conspiring to kill Americans yeah, by selling it's like someone a gun. The gun, like, you should put away everyone that yeah. sells guns. You should get rid of all guns. You should not not be I pro-gun. Mean, ideally, we don't have, we should probably not have, you know, government leaders that are, like, making child soldiers, but... Yeah, still, it's like, know, that's that's what's ridiculous about it's like it. It's like, they can't do anything about that, so they arrest him. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, like, he should be arrested, but yeah. also, you shouldn't have guns. God bless America. But right. anyway, this is a Nick Cage podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I didn't tell you, actually, I, this, is a, this is an international podcast about arms dealing. <laughs> I changed it without telling you. Um, yeah, so that's just the quick story of uh, good old Russian arms dealer Victor Bout, who, of course, inspired uh, Nicolas Cage's role in... Um, uh, I was going to say Man of War. Lord of War. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Lord of War. Um, Board of War. Boar. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got to sign off before Alice gets too funny. Um, so let me just quickly run down. Um, make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. Um, leave us a comment. Uh, that would be great. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at We're at Cage Cage Pod at cage cage pod um of course this podcast has been nicholas's cage make sure to tune in every wednesday to hear the latest cage news and hear us talk about the latest cage film until then release the beast You have to, you have to go. Ah. Alice, no. I thought you. Ah. There you go. <laughs>